Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Little pop-up. Lee will take it himself. (laughs) Made that look easy. That was a rather nonchalant grab. Guys in the World Series. That's out number two here in the sixth. Get excited, will you? (laughs) (laughs) Ho hum. Holiday is one strike away. The 0-2. A bouncer. Ruiz. In time! Roy Holiday has thrown a no-hitter! Oh, memories, Mike Sielski. Memories. Great ones. All right, so here you go. Um... Time for This Week in Philadelphia Sports History, brought to you by Shy Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Shop there, Center City or Wayne locations, or visit shysports.com for unique gifts for every sports fan on your list. Don't forget, best caller of the day gets a $50 gift card to Shy Vintage Sports. I take you back to December 16th, 2009. Mike, I was working middays with Anthony. We're at uh, Chickies and Pete's. We hear reports during the show. The Phillies traded for Roy Halladay. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. We're thrilled. And then comes the other side, the cost. Yeah. They had to trade Cliff Lee. Hmm. 364 days later, December 15th, 2010, I remember where exactly where I was again. It was like 11 o'clock at night. I'm getting ready for bed. I'm turning off my computer and just check. I don't even think I had Twitter at the time. I don't remember where I checked. But I, I guess I went to whatever website. And, and what? Yeah. Cliff Lee? Free agent, rumored to go to the Yankees, come back here as a free agent. The man who did both of those incredible deals joins us, current WIP uh, co-host with Angelo Cataldi, where he does a great job, former Phillies general manager, Ruben Amaro. Rube, those were heady days. They were. First and foremost, guys, let me just uh, say congratulations on your show, Mike. Thank you, Ruben. Happy holidays. Thank you, sir. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, the whole nine yards. And same to Appreciate you, my friend. Appreciate it. Right back at you, Rube. So let us Thank go you. back, Rube. And I know you've discussed yeah. this many times before, including on this show. But why the hell did you trade Cliff Lee for a bag of magic beans? That's exactly probably my best trade and my worst trade. <laughs> it was a hell of a day. Uh, it was an amazing day. Take us back to what happened that day. Well, there was a lot of things going on. I mean, obviously, the, the, the reasons why we ended up uh, trading Cliff is just because, I mean, we had just moved so much talent out of the system. I really, I mean, it, it was no 
secret that uh, Roy Halliday was sort of my white whale. And he was, in my mind, the uh, best pitcher in baseball and the perfect fit for us. And I had a little birdie tell me that this is where he wanted to play. So going through that negotiation was, was not easy. And um, it was fun and exciting and exhilarating and stressful. But getting it done, that was huge for us. And on the flip side, I mean, I just didn't really want to move Cliff Lee. But I thought, you know, it was probably the most important thing for me to hang on to him and to have the fan base think that we were going to keep both those guys. So we made the we made the deals pretty almost simultaneously, and you know in retrospect, probably should have held. You know, we certainly should have held on to him. Pretty simple. How much, Ruben, did the fact that you had to move him or felt you had to move him motivate you come the off season of 2010 to get him back? How, how much was that a driving factor? Well, that was part of it, but you know, we were just trying to get better. Uh, we were in a we were in a cycle at the time where, for us, it was all about winning. It was all about trying to get the ring again, and that was. I mean, I was hell bent on that, and so got to give our ownership group a lot of credit for giving us the opportunity to do this because without their commitment and without their you know, basically, they were willing to go ahead and lose a whole bunch of money just to go ahead and and try to do just that for the fans and for them to give me the opportunity. Just like you're seeing right now with Dave Nebrowski and John Middleton. Yeah, they're doing they, their commitment's pretty significant, and and uh, it was pretty clear that we that, that Cliff Lee also wanted to come back to Philadelphia. So. We yeah, I want to get I want to get into that a little bit because as I recall it at the time and you clearly know it better than any of us it was 12 years ago this week everybody I I believe we all felt he was going to the Yankees those are the reports that were going out maybe there was another team or something but I don't remember hearing the Phillies as one of the favorites and you were really stealth with that um because I again as I said and I don't know where Mike was at the time I'll, I'll, but, I have a great anecdote about this, Glenn. Okay. I'll tell you in a second. Okay, but the story comes out, at least it broke publicly, around 11 o'clock at night, right before I went to bed, and all of a sudden it's like, what? He's he's coming back? Uh, and I'll, I'll ask Mike to hold this story for one second. How were you able to do that so stealthy? I'm sorry, I just lost you for two seconds. Okay, all right. How were you able to do that um, without any news getting out until you did it? Because... Hey, rumors travel in baseball. You kept that one under wraps. Yeah, that was the that was the most difficult part of it because we were pretty certain that you know getting into a bit, bidding war with the Yankees or maybe some other clubs was just not going to happen. And um, you know, I just felt like there's only one way to get this thing done, and if we could get it done by being quiet, then we could uh, then we had a shot at it, and which is exactly what happened. And and again, it was pretty clear to me that uh, it was pretty clear to me that 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 Kristen and his, you know he and his wife and you know everybody wanted to be back. So it was uh, you know it, it was just the right fit, and uh, it was an it was an exciting time. We are really fortunate to have all those like stars to be able to realign for us to be able to get it done. So, Glenn and Ruben, when when that 
signing went down, I was actually at City Field in New York. I was covering the Mets at the time for the Wall Street Journal. And I was at their annual holiday event that they hold for local elementary school students, at which several players were there, uh, including David Wright, who was dressed as Santa Claus uh, and had to answer questions from me and some other beat writers about, well, Santa, what do you think about the fact that the Phillies have signed Cliff Lee? (laughs) And at one point he said, to your point, Ruben, he said, um, yeah, they really snuck in on that. Uh, They had a plan. Uh, and Car- Carlos Beltran was also at the event and he said, yeah, it's going to be fun. And then he rolled his eyes. Um, what kind of, I, I guess Ruben, what I want to kind of probe you on is the-, the level that that signing took that 2011 team to, um, wh- what was it like to kind of deal with the repercussions of that? And by me- that, I mean the pressure of assuming that you're going to go to the world series, the way that other franchises and teams were going to approach you. What was all that year like right up until the moment that it unfortunately ended in the way that it did? Uh, It was just kind of, I guess, again, you know, for me, um, my goal was always to try to win baseball games and to try to get to the World Series. And you talk about 2011 now. Yeah, because you signed Cliff, and then yeah, in 2011 yeah. you have the rotation and all yeah, that. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a great disappointment only because for me, in 2010 2011, I honestly believe, in my heart of hearts, I believe that we had better teams than we had in 2008, just on oh, paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no doubt. And the way they performed. And so whenever you get knocked out of those playoff situations when you have a feeling that you're better it 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 hurts and uh you know i was just disappointed i was disappointed for the players i was disappointed for the fans um and you know the goal is always to win and what what can we do better how we can make how can how can we make it happen and we thought we did that in 2011 and we just could not get over the hump we had you know, it just goes to show you that if you get in the playoffs, you got a shot. I didn't think that the Giants were a better club. Cody Ross was a thorn in my side. Yeah, gosh. Uh, 2010 with the Giants, and then 2011, it was, you know, had we lost a game against the Atlanta Braves at the end of the season, St. Louis doesn't get into the playoffs. We're not even playing them. And uh, and they happen to be the hottest team in baseball, and, and they got an unbelievable performance out of Chris Carpenter and we ended up getting knocked out there so you know the other part of it is that I thought that we we had it wrapped up had Chris Lee been able to hold down that one that lead yeah. in the second game oh, of that yeah. uh division series yep I, it would have been I think we would have had smooth sailing but that's you know that's part of baseball man it's a, oh you know, no that's what Cliff goes. Lee said Cliff Lee said oh that's baseball yeah. it, and I get it it is it is and listen they were great teams Rube, let's let's just take a minute to talk a little bit about what's happening right now with the Phillies, who have already had a huge off season. Um, do you have any concerns? And this isn't just the Phillies, but this is um, uh, the the contract that uh, Carlos Correa signed. I think a few others like this. Teams are signing players to really long deals now, more than a decade, eleven years, thirteen years. Do you have any concerns about the longevity of those deals as a guy who's been in management? Oh, of course. I mean, they're all, 
these are all deals that were done because they wanted to spread out the AAB and make it a little, you know, smaller as far as that is concerned so that they can fit people um, onto payroll so that they didn't have to pay penalties. And I don't think it's almost like a way to defer the contracts, which I don't think is a great way to do business. But if you want players now, I mean, we're in a copycat business. If you want a player and want a great player and you want a difference maker, then now it's, it used to be six or seven years or eight years. Now it's jumped up to like, you know, 10 or 11 years. And the, the, the contracts that then become even more disconcerting are the ones for guys like Brandon Nimmo, who's a good player, mm-hmm. but not a great player. And he's getting an eight-year deal. And for him to get an eight-year deal on a player that's just a decent, good, solid baseball player, I don't know that that's great for the game. It's great for the players. Um, and, and kudos to them. And, and there's obviously enough money that the owners can pay these contracts. Um, but I just don't know if it's if you know you're going to get the kind of production that you would hope to get out of. I mean, back in the day, if you got more than like a two or three or a four year deal, you're a great player. Now you're getting eight year eight year deals, and that's just a ton of uh, commitments moving forward. And I, here I thought, you know, when the commissioner um, sort of in, in a lot of ways sort of uh, championing these, you know, some of the GMs who were analytically inclined, you thought, well, they're going to be more efficient with their decision-making. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to maybe, maybe they'll be a little bit more prudent with the dollars and cents. Well, that got blown out of the water. And, uh, and, and you're seeing, you know, you're just seeing the market change as the needs for certain ball clubs change. And, and hey, it's all about TV money. Kudos to, to uh, MLB that have you know, signed these deals and put the owners in a position to be able to make these kind of commitments and to, to be able to, to pay the players and bring those players to their cities. Um, but I get concerned because, you know, the, the Reds and the Pirates of the world – they're, they're not able to play in that stratosphere. And that was the one thing that Bud Selig really wanted to have happen was to have, like, each team have some hope going into the season. Yeah. There's about, you know, 15 or 20 teams, maybe closer to even the <laughs> 25 teams who really don't have a great shot at being in the playoffs. And that's, that's, not, the, that's not a great way to do business, and it's not great for the sport, in my opinion. Ruben, one of the other uh, lamentations that I think you and I have shared about baseball over time is the way the sport has changed, become about the home run and the strikeout. And obviously, MLB is going to implement some rule changes for next year. And I'm curious, you know, the Phillies obviously spent a ton of money on Trey Turner, who was, you know, a top 10 player in this game, a terrific all-around player. Do you think he'll be even better? Is it possible that he'll be even better for the rules changes that are getting implemented, the lack of shifting, hopefully the increase of doubles and triples and stolen bases and things like that? It seems like the Phillies might be getting a player like Turner at exactly the right time. Yeah, and that's the beauty of getting a player with this kind of talent 
and and I and I say talent, the breadth of talent. When you have a guy with uh, great range, excellent speed, good ball, bat to ball skills, all those things play into the what I think. And, you know, MLB is trying to do is create action on the field. Um, all these things are going to make, I think, you know, Turner even a, a more desirable and a more effective player overall. Um, now, the one thing that, that I get a little disappointed, I'm kind of curious to see what the, uh, ultimately, how it all pans out. But while you are... You know, eliminating the ship thing, started to see in the minor leagues, like where players yep. were actually starting to hit against the ship and trying to control the barrel a little bit. I talked to a lot of scouts about it. And they were actually trying to now get base hits, which was a nice turnaround. And now, you know, they've made a rule change basically because the players don't have this skill set anymore. They're changing the rules to have them, you know, I think that they're changing the rules to make the players better. I think it should be the other way around. The players should be adjusting to the rules. But um, if it makes more action on the field, then great. If it, if it creates um, more base hits, if it creates more you know, guys running around and, and more action on the field, then that's, that's excellent. And I hope it does happen because that's the way the game is supposed to be played. And I agree with you, Mike. There's just, you know, it's gotten to the point where there's just not enough action on the field, and that's important to the fan. I mean, oh gosh, yes. like yeah. in hockey, you want to you want to score goals. Yeah, well, right? and, and, and by the way, in hockey, other than the Flyers, teams are scoring more goals. Ruben, I got we got like 20 seconds, but I got one more last quick question. Yep. If yep. Ruben Amaro is the manager, what's the top of the batting order next season? Trey Turner's number one for me. And then I'm, uh, and then it's, and then it's Schwarber. I go left, right, left, right. I go with uh, Real Muto, and then Harper. I love that. That's great. All right, Ruben. Again, the twelve years ago today, thirteen years ago today, they were heady time, or this week they were really heady times and and fun times. And that franchise was a blast. We hope you are enjoying your time on on WIP, my friend. Always have, and uh, again, congratulations on the show. Good luck with it. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Rube. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.